Welcome to the Get to Vet podcast, where we bridge the knowledge gaps in the military transition process so you can focus on what's ahead. Hey, Get to Vet listeners, this is Mike. And now for my personal disclaimer, although I am active duty military, I'm not an official spokesperson of the United States Navy. Any of my views expressed on the Get to Vet podcast are based on my personal experience. Thanks for listening. All right. <laughs> I'm already laughing about it now, just thinking about this. Hey there, Get to Vet uh, listeners. This is Trevor Maxwell. And with me, as always, is the soon to be free. Um, you can just see through the camera if you could watch it right now. He's full of vigor because I think he's just about done. But uh, I'll let him go ahead and say his own name. Yeah, this is uh, Mike Riggs. Yep, today was probably my last day in the uh, camouflage uniform. Soon to go on my uh, last block of lead before starting Skillbridge. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening in, folks, today. This is a great episode. Been waiting to have Josh on here for quite a while. I'm already laughing about it, too. So, <laughs> Huzzah! Yeah, <laughs> we, we've been on here for like 20 minutes laughing, and I've been talking to everybody about it today. This is a, a very... Uh, this is an episode I'm super excited about because um, I've, I've watched this guy's material for a while. We have Josh King and uh, AKA Little Top. You may have seen his videos on, uh, on YouTube, but uh, he's got probably my favorite video on YouTube, Little Top Meets Navy EOD in Iraq. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him and let him introduce himself. Well, first, thanks for having me. I always like to BS with you guys. Um, so I'm uh, Josh King. I, I retired as a first sergeant out of the Army. Well, I was active Army and then went Army National Guard, retired. And um, my brother, my younger brother, went Navy EOD, you know, did his time, did a couple of tours. And that whole little top cartoon spun out of he and I in a motel room in Bristol, Tennessee after drinking a bunch of beer. And we did this back and forth thing because, you know, we, we dealt with EOD, you know, out on site in Iraq. And like, so it's funny getting a true perspective from both sides of the house. And that's how those, those cartoons kind of happen like that. And after I got out of the army, I went to school, um, became a television producer, got into animation. So that's how I had the skill set to be able to do that. But that's how I ran into you guys. Actually. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think, you know, the big thing that, that we always talk about, like everybody who's seen that video, like all my buddies and I'm like, you know what? That was amazingly accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so my brother's he's real quick. Taylor's real quick. So anything I throw out there, he's real good at coming back at me. And you can imagine what it was like at the dinner table with, you know, it was like that all the time, back and forth, back and forth. But uh, it, it, being able to do it like that, where it's not scripted, I mean, that's just us talking shit, you know, yeah. right there. And that's what made it better, I think, just being able to go back and forth at each other. Definitely a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the, the first one was the one that really got me. But then all the videos that came after that, like the, where you guys are out there on, on target for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one that blew Well, like when we did the first one where, where he's got his um, – He's got his weapon shoved down there with his jib, you know, with his, his PT <laughs> gear and stuff. That one did well, but it was that second one out, like, out on the street that uh, really, it was crazy for me because I was at Adobe Max, which is a, like, a creative conference out in L.A., and mm -hmm. I'm in L.A., and I'm looking at my phone, I'm like, man, like, that video we put up, 
it's doing pretty well. And I showed my friends and about 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh my God, dude. And I've never seen anything on YouTube do that. And it went from you like, you have 20 views, you have a hundred views, you have 4,000 views and it, it just blew up. So I've never, I have yet to be able to do that again, but it was incredible watching that happen. What's it up to now? Um, I don't know. I looked at it. I, uh, it depends on if you want YouTube or Facebook, they both yeah. have different, but I mean, it's hundreds of thousands. I was going to say, I'm probably yeah. responsible for at least three or 4,000 of those. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I as well. It's funny because like, I'll go back and watch them and still laugh, especially knowing the backstory of it's just Taylor and I in a hotel because I recorded us talking and they just took it home. And that's when I'm like, we well, you know it'd be fun. I built a little scene with us, a little robot out there and everything. So <laughs> the funny thing about the difference between the, you know, because I'm not EOD at all, but between the EOD guys and, uh, and we were light infantry guys is like, y'all are so specialized and well-trained and like didn't have to go through, like we had to herd cattle. You know what I mean? We're rolling in with 1500 Joes, you know? And that's why it was funny having, you know, Gotro pointing his crew serve weapon at us <laughs> like, that way, genius that way, you know? Cause like, that's what you do all the time. It's a lot of just making sure everybody's doing what they need to be doing. You know, yeah, I had a lot of those, you know, my, my one deployment where I was actually attached to an infantry uh, company, I was like, oh yeah, that happened to me. Yep. And I love those cats. I love them. You know, cause like I, those guys that I was with then were, um, it was a Louisiana unit, two, five, six infantry on Louisiana. And these guys, most of them are roughnecks. Most of these guys work offshore on oil rigs, you know, so they're not strangers to hard work. But um, we were all strangers <laughs> to Iraq, you know, and I just, I, it was a good group of guys, an amazing group of guys I was down there with. So, but the names, I don't know if y'all been to Louisiana much, but the names are what makes it Bergeron, Gotro, Thibodeau. Like you don't get those names in the rest of the nation, you know. Sorry, Mike, I cut you off there. Sorry. <clears throat> no, I was just going to say, you know, kind of repeat something we, that I talked about before we started recording. When I first saw the first episode, I was sitting there with my wife, and it wasn't referred to or, or from anybody on Facebook or, or YouTube. I just clicked on this video with this little top guy and watched this video, and I was crying. I think my side, I was splitting my side laughing about this thing. But the funny thing was, and I was telling my wife Sarah about it, was the fact that there, whoever's doing this is an insider. Because they had us pegged, whoever it was that was doing this, had us pegged with the reaction of the first sergeant, the reaction of the EOD techs on there with, with his gun stuffed down his pants, with the UDT shorts, uh, calling the officer by his first name. I mean, we're all guilty of that. Uh, the call sign that he was giving them, just <laughs> pulling just pulling that guy's strings, you know. I'm like, whoever this is, I thought it was one of us. I thought whoever this is, is one of us and, and they know exactly what they're doing because this is, this is us to a T and I can't, I, I'm, I'm at least guilty of a couple hundred times watching that thing. <laughs> and I pre-laugh, I'll start laughing before I click on play. And it's just like watching old school or watching national Lamp lampoons, Christmas vacation or something. That's me watching your videos. I, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm a, I'm a wreck. Cause I know when we, we started talking about doing this recording, you said, Hey, you want me to do this as a little top? And I was like, there is no way in hell 
that you can do this as a little top because I'll just sit here and laugh the whole damn time. So, <laughs> well, sometime you'll have to invite me back and I'll come back just as little top, dude, because it's cool because it's live cartoon. Like I'm sitting right here as a cartoon and I get to do that voice, but you can't do the voice long. You know, yeah. <laughs> that voice strains, you know, my brother gives me a hard time. He's like, that's the one, the one voice you have. I'm like, well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's it's a, I was you just actually a trip down memory lane like that that one I did where I was attached to that infantry company. We got to the FOB and I'm sitting there talking to the first sergeant, and he was a nice guy. He wasn't like wound tight or anything. He was a pretty laid back guy. I thought for for what I thought an infantry first sergeant was going to be like, and then he's like, "So, uh, what's your guys's call sign?" And I just had to think of one like on the spot. So I was like, uh, free candy. And <laughs> like, what? And I was like, yeah, free candy. That's our call sign. And uh, so then I, thought, I went back after that and I was talking to my team. I was like, hey, go, uh, go talk to one of the Terps and have them write out free candy in Arabic. And we're going to spray paint that on the side of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, only you could get away with that. Like, like if you put anything on our trucks, oh boy, they'd be like, you got you got to take that off. They're gonna profile you. I'm like, they're not gonna profile. I mean, us rolling out, you know, there's 20 vehicles a day rolling out of that place. Like they were just gonna wait on free candy to come out. That's the one we're gonna get. Free candy. <laughs> That's funny. Remember not Tommy? Tommy and uh, Ian? They had uh, on their on their uh, EOD response vehicle one time had Navy band on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to kill the Navy band? Let's put that on the side of our truck. <laughs> you know, one of the favorite ones I saw is our maintenance guys who get called out if like somebody got hit, but they had this giant, you know, this big, um, how, what's it? It's not a hit, but whatever, this giant tow trucks, you know, and they had a spray painter across the front dirty hooker until the, until the, until the colonel saw it and they had to take dirty hooker off it. I'm like, man, that's too bad. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. Why do they ruin everything? <laughs> I mean, you know, because you know why? Because they're just sitting there looking for ways to ruin it. Jerks. Looking for ways to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so he, obviously the, the little top stuff, that that was super successful. But what else are you doing now that you're out? I um well I mean when you when you say out because I went to guard, like I was parallel and working for an ABC affiliate, the TV station for while I was still in. Um, uh, so when I retired in 17, I actually left, um, network television and went back to work for the government kind of as a TV producer. So what I do now, I mean, it's, it's, it's something, it's stuff nobody will ever see. It's kind of a lot of in-house stuff, but it, it gives me the opportunity to work on things like little top or this monument or little, my little bobbleheads or figures or whatever. It gives me a lot of creative time. So it helps me you know, helps me do the stuff I want to do while still collecting a paycheck. That's know? something that I love. I love hearing like when people say stuff like that. And <clears throat> I think uh, the the one we did with John McCaskill the episode where we talk about like different, you know, creative outlets and stuff like that. I, you know, I like painting. I you know, play guitar, um, you know, when I'm not banging my head on the desk with, you know, running four businesses, but uh you know, I, I think that's, that's awesome that you get to do that. Like I, you know, I watch that stuff and I'm like, man, if, if somebody could say, what would your dream job be? I thought I was like, you know what? I'd like to just do YouTube videos all the time. I think that'd be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, it was um, yeah. I mean, it was a long run. Uh, just so you know, like when you talk about transition, when I first, well, my whole story was on on active duty. I got um, pneumonia in Ranger School, and so once once I was tagged with pneumonia, I, I was in a long range surveillance unit. So you had to be pretty much had to get your Ranger tab. So I couldn't go back to Ranger School because I had an asthma diagnosis. So I, I knew I was going to have to go ahead and get out of the army. You know, the, the guard will take you. So I, I went to the guard, but um, it was after I graduated college, it was a slow go. Like, I, I don't want to tell anybody that I was out of the gate making, you know, fun videos about the army. Dude, I was a part-time overnight editor, you know, and it was nothing but cutting video of car wrecks and homicides for a long time. And it's just methodical. The good thing that helped me military-wise is just work ethic and um, learning to work on your own, you know, uh, being able to learn stuff on your own. Because a lot of people get in there and they will sit there at that editor level for 20 years. You know, that's no fun. You know, you don't get to make cartoon guys eventually if you just sit there and cut up homicide video, you know. So thinking about what you guys are doing transition-wise, I think it's good because I do, I work with on um, Veterans Bridge Home in Charlotte. And um, they deal with a lot of veterans that are coming and trying to figure out their path after that. And it's, it's difficult. I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult for young guys trying to figure out what they want to do, but it's difficult for older guys. Like, I mean, like once you're a first sergeant, especially a sergeant major, <laughs> you get out of the military. Um, it's funny because I see, you know, you come out and you're like, okay, what, what are you going to give me next? You're used to command, used to being in charge of some things. And then you get out and it's hard. It's a hard transition. And you got to kind of keep your, you know, keep your eye on the ball some and recognize what your capabilities are. Because I don't think everybody always can appreciate that you can probably roll into a situation, assess and maneuver immediately because you're used to doing that, you know? So yeah. it's tough for guys coming out and taking those next steps. I know that's, you know, I, I talk about that a lot. I think that was like crucial for my, my mental health or whatever. When I got, it. I was like, Hey, I got to go out and do something completely different than what I did before. I have to start over again as a new guy mm -hmm. and just, you know, be that like, you know, utterly like, Oh man, I really need to, to up my game in order to, to be successful here. Cause I kind of feel like, had I just done that, I'm just going to go, you know, sit behind a desk and do this for, you know, the government. Cause it's easy. Like a lot of people fall into that trap and mm -hmm. uh, you know, to me, like, yeah, what I've been doing over the last few years has been very tough. <laughs> it's been stressful, but it's also been worth it. Yeah. A lot of it's a journey. I know, I know it's cliche, but my old man used to ride me. He's like, don't worry about where you're going. Like you're going to appreciate what happened in route. And I, and, I, and I do like, cause I had a, I actually had a break in service for like six years where after I graduated college, I left and then nine 11 happened. And a lot of my buddies got spun up and, and deployed and lost some buddies. And then when they came back, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit at the house anymore and watch that happen. If y'all go back. And then three years later, they got a warning order. You know, so I put my fat self out and started running again, you know, and ended up going back in and, and deploying with them. So, but I, but I had a big chunk. I was gone, but I think I appreciated it more when I got back. I think I, rec you know, appreciated. I mean, you know, it is, and I'm sure the Navy's a lot like the army. It's a giant machine. That machine continues to roll, you know, with or without you. 
but I, I, I think I appreciated it more when I was back in than I did when I left. Yeah, you bring up a great point, especially the the first sergeant, sergeant major level. I mean, I'm finding that, you know, you got to have, there's a lot of humility involved in the transition to, you know, realizing that you don't know, you don't know what you don't know, uh, realizing where, where and, you know, the other thing is where do I fit in at? You know, that's the big thing with me is I, I don't know, not knowing where the skills translate, you know, not knowing, you know, I know. I know I'm not a C-suite guy. I know the fact that, you know, I've been a command master chief three times now, but I know that doesn't translate to a C-suite. I'm not qualified for that. I don't know profit and loss. I don't know, you know, that kind of thing. I could probably get educated on it. You know, I do have a master's, but it's not an MBA. Um, but I'm sure there's something out there for me, you know, and, and it's probably not, you know, would you like fries with that? I would hope that there's more value to me in, in other things, but, you know, but I think it does take, it, it's, it's uh, a little bit of anxiety there, you know, and, and trying to figure all that out and seeing where, where I land at, you know, uh, but, you know, there's also, you know, I, I don't, I, I feel uh, anxious for the other folks that are getting out at the 10 year mark or some of the guys getting out at the 20 year mark that may not have, you know, uh, nearly the pension that I have or the VA rating that I'm probably going to have that that's, Man, I, I, I'm it's a good safety net. It's a yeah. good net, net for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm anxious. I can't imagine how anxious they are. Cause I'm pretty damn anxious and really I've got a lot of risk I can assume because I'm, I'm pretty much going to be compensated for what I'm doing right now, you know, monetarily. So yeah, yeah you, you bring up a really great point um, with, with regards to that. Like, I, I think one, one thing that guys don't appreciate is, is I, I feel like the veterans, Veterans have the ability to quickly assess, make a decision, and adjust what they're doing. When on the civilian side of the house, everybody's afraid to make a mistake. But I feel like anybody who's pushed Joe's or been in a position where they had to make a decision, understand it's not if, – if you make the wrong decision, just adjust fire, Ranger. You know, like I'm not worried about you making the perfect decision out of the gate. Make a decision. Who? And from there, you can continue to move. And that, man, that's a skill that will take someone 20 years in the civilian world to figure out. But I feel like veterans have that. And I don't know if it's valued as much as it should be, because it's not something you can put on a resume. And it's not something you can go in and say, hey, I can make a decision to somebody who's still probably trying to figure out how to make a decision. And that's valuable, man. And I think they'll figure that out in time. But I wish there was a way to identify that initially with guys. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, it, yeah, I, well, you know, doing the coaching and, and stuff like that, um, we had that conversation, although I, I won't call them soft skills anymore. Um, you know, we had a guy that we were talking to a while back on another episode, Harrison Bernstein, he runs uh, soldiers to sidelines. He's like, I refuse to call it that. He says, I call them high human skills. Now they're not soft skills. They're high human skills. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> I like that. That sounds a lot. I like more. that. Yeah. So, you know, like you were saying, I think that's, that's part of that. The, the advantage that they have is yes, I can go in there and I can operate in this dynamic environment and, you know, I'm not going to break down and, you know, it, it, so cry in my office, yeah. don't cry in my office. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's happened. And it's, it's never happened on the military side of the house, but on the civilian side, I have had 
someone crying in your office. And so, so you, you kind of got to make that decision, you know, or make that, you know, decision there. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a different world out there, but it's not unachievable. So I don't want guys to think I'm not going to be able to do this. I mean, like, if you find your, your niche, you, you'll exceed, you'll excel, I think. I think that's, you know, like you were saying, like, I've always kind of viewed like adversity as being something that's relative. Like I talk to a lot of people who have never been in the military. And when they say like, when they talk, their idea of adversity is, is you know, differs significantly from mine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. People just need to understand like that is a, that is an asset that you can use to your advantage. Yeah. I had a young guy come up once and be like, man, top like just wish I was so squared away like you. I'm like, oh, buddy, like, I have been a hot mess at times. You know, I've been probably waiting outside Mike's door ready to take that ass chewing. You know, I mean, everybody does that. Like, just you just got to cowboy on, just cowboy on through it. You'll, you'll make it. Just drive on. So, yeah, that, that brings me to a good story to probably tell. So when I was at the Joint Communications Support Element, it was a joint command. And when I first checked on board my, my uh, squadron there, my company, they called it at the time, I had this first sergeant, first sergeant Bermudez. And I don't know, I invited him to this podcast. I don't know if he listens or not, but this dude was hard as nails. He was an 82nd guy and he was down there in Tampa. And so JCSE is made up of all four services, but it's operationally kind of run by the army administratively run by the air force and then the marine corps and, and the navy we just kind of we're like along for the ride because we're just there you know and so in the mornings we would be out there in formation we had guide on we had you know we would formation <clears> pt <throat> we were marching you know and that's when i learned the first sergeant i mean this dude is like he's the man and then he had the company commander, but really the man was first sergeant, first sergeant Bermudez. And I was an E5 at the time. And in a joint command, I know it's a lot watered down. It's not like it's not like the 82nd. And it's not like it's not like the Marine Corps and everything, but so it gets watered down in the joint environment. It's purple per se. But man, I, I remember first sergeant Bermudez. Man, that dude was tough as nails, man. He was hard, but he was fair. And I respected that dude like like no no other throughout my career. And to the point was, and to my point, I got in trouble. Uh, I got in a, a, potentially a lot of trouble. And you had your senior service leads, right? You had your, you had the command, you had a command master chief. Well, she was, she was the master chief. She wasn't necessarily the command master chief, but she was the master chief. And then at that time, the first sergeant, first sergeant Bermudez, he had since been promoted to sergeant major. So he had, he had moved on. He was still in the command, but he was sergeant major. And I'd also worked with an air force senior master sergeant at the time. And he had moved up to chief master sergeant. So I got in trouble. Uh, I should have gone to captain mass. And it was about the same time I was due to either re-enlist or, or, or get out. And first sergeant Bermuda or sergeant major Bermuda's at the time basically said, you know, if you, if you take him to mass article 15, he's going to get out. He's going to get out. 
I guarantee he's going to get out. I've talked to him. He's going to get out. But if you, he's got character. So if you, him and Chief Master Sergeant Potter, Steve Potter was his name. Uh, if you take care of, if you, if you take our advice, he's got character. If you just, you basically smack him down, give him a, a nice ass tune and a very stern counseling. He can go on. He could go on to do great things. He will stay in the military and he could go on to do great things. Now the master chief, she was furious about this. She's like, absolutely not. This is go to captain's mass half months, pay for two months reduction in rank. He's going to be an E4 ridiculous this isn't a discussion you do this this is this is a sailor this is what you do colonel and he he basically is like all right thank you for your input and i went in there and obviously we're talking today um he took he took sergeant major bermudez and chief master sergeant potter's advice and recommendation and he gave me my ass chewing and gave me my stern counseling statement and took the judgment of character that I developed with first Sergeant Bermudez over the year that I worked my ass off with him and learned his firm, but fair leadership and went against the, the service lead. And that's honestly the only reason why I'm here. And he gave me, he gave me the second shot. And I, to this day, I owe Trevor can blame him because I was eventually will become Trevor's (laughs) first chief in Navy UD. But, uh, and I also ended up training with first Sergeant Bermudez or then Sergeant Major Bermudez. He got me prepped to go to dive school and then on to EOD school, you know, uh, but I owe, you know, that transitional part of my career, getting in trouble, him saving my ass and going to bat with me or for me to the, to the Colonel and then prepping me to go to dive school was I mean, he was, he was a true mentor to me, and uh, I, I owe so much to him. Yeah, that's got – everybody, I'm sure, has guys that, like, it could have went south. When, when, um, when, when Desert Storm, first Desert Storm happened, we um, – Fifth ID had to line up, like, a 1,000 vehicles to paint tan, right? And I'm an E4, so I'm out there at 2.30 in the morning with my buddy asleep on the hood of a deuce and half, and we finally pull into this paint deck and um, get out. <clears throat> they paint it. And my buddy at the time is currently the Sergeant Major at the Citadel, <laughs> Sergeant Major Agusa. I hope you see this. But um, we're in there and we roll it through, head back, go to bed. And like an hour later, they, you know, they're banging on the door. They're like, King, First Sergeant wants you up there right now. I'm like, what could have possibly happened? Well, I go up there and he's like, come here, genius. And he takes me back there in the back of the truck. And I had left the tire in the back. And I don't know if you like a, a, a tire on a deuce and a half when you move it is like a perfect bullseye. He's like, you're a goddamn genius, King. He's like, you painted a bullseye. We're going to war next month. I'm like, <laughs> you know. And so the same thing. Like, everybody's like, do you counsel him just for doing dumps? But he didn't. He's just, you know, chewed it and sent me on my way. You know, and it's it probably if you do if you take it too hard, like some guys would just say, this is what I want to do. But instead, he made me sweat a little bit and shoot me out in front of everybody and I'd rather take that all day than something that permanently derails a career, you know? Yeah, I was just thinking about for reference, if anybody's wondering what, it, what Mike sounds like when he's chewing somebody out, when he was talking earlier, that's what, that's what he sounds like when he's chewing somebody. He, he used to make, make us just feel like complete dumbasses. And uh, his, his number two, uh, another guy I just put on master chief Taylor Hatcher, my first teammate. 
when he would chew me out, he would be like, he sounded like, you know what, bro? I'm pretty disappointed in you right now, bro. Okay, bro. And um, yeah, so a little different kind of approach, but uh, equally effective. And then, you know, later on, as I became a chief and senior chief, um, when Mike was the command master chief, I got to sit in there and he was, he took it up a notch. He was a little livelier, but it was, uh, he still kind of kept that even tone <laughs> where you just see some, he's just, he has that ability to just talk to somebody like in a normal tone and make them just feel like a complete asshole. You know, I really hate, man, when you were down there at the schoolhouse, I always wanted to go down there to that EOD schoolhouse and just observe just as a visitor for some little time. I just want to observe. And like just cause it interests me because I, for you guys, it's commonplace, but because watching my brother go through what he did, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, you know, it's interesting. First, the selection process of the EOD that you have to go through, I, I think is interesting. You thin the herd significantly, you know, and I like that because like when I, when I came in after airborne school, I was unassigned airborne and got to my unit and they said, do you want to volunteer for this long range surveillance two week selection phase? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I called the old man and I'm like, you know, yeah, dad, I'm going to try and do this. And, you know, three days in, I really wished I wouldn't have called my dad to tell him I was trying because they were bringing smoke all over us. But when my brother went through, it was cool watching him go and, you know, watching him, everything he dealt with to finally get there and become a tech. It's, um, you know, I'd like to go down there and see those guys, you know, the young guys going through this stuff again. I think that's what I miss about the military. I miss watching them guys come in, develop, become good leaders, then move on. You know, I liked that about it. You would have so really I- liked the guy that Mike replaced them. <laughs> <laughs> so I left there as a student and I, I tried to go back as an instructor, but then I, I got promoted and then I was, I wasn't going to be an instructor. And then I ended up going, I left as a student and came back as a command master chief for EOD school. And as you're, when you go through as a student, I mean, it's, it's like a blur because you're just constantly in a grind and you're just trying to get, at least for me, it was get to the next test, pass it, get to the next test, pass it, get to the next test and pass it. And I think that goes through, if you talk to SEALs or Rangers or you talk to SF guys or any other difficult course, I think that's a really good mentality to have to get through challenging, you know, dive school, or I think even folks that have hard time going through, you know, airborne or any of those kinds of things. If you just get through, if it's to, I got to get to lunch or I got to get to dinner or I got to get through the next day, you know, if, but as you're a student going through your D school, it's, I just have to pass this next test because if I fail it, uh, you know, that may be my last one and I get kicked out. And I got, in my case, I was going back to the fleet, you know, putting back, putting dungarees back on and going to wherever, you know, and that wasn't an option for me. I didn't want to do that. So you don't, but when you go back as a staff member, especially as a command master chief, man, you want to talk about seeing the wizard behind the curtain. Holy shit. Is there, it takes so much to run that school and, and the, the, the watching the levers being pulled, you know, and all the things that go on behind the scenes to make that school run is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, and the work that the instructors and the support staff do, it, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's a, it's an awesome school, you know, to have all four services there, 
you know, and how they all come together and all the students and then, you know, the, all the support staff that has to, you know, to deal with that. And it's a machine, it's an absolute machine. Yeah. And we have international students there as well. That's another part of the curriculum. I mean, it's awesome. It's an awesome thing to be a part of. And then we have the Memorial, which is how, you know, we ended up getting in contact with, you know, little top and then telling you, I think over, it was either through Facebook, I think saying, Hey, you know, you should probably donate some of your artwork to the, to the Memorial ball. Cause that'd be great for the fundraiser. And then I ended up calling, uh, I think I called Mo Tackett and say, Hey, we should, we need to invite this guy down. It'd be awesome to have him down here, you know, for the ball. And then that's where I ended up meeting you in person. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking on Rick Strainy and then Mo, yeah, both like reached out and said you should go and asked my brother, like, you want to go down? Maybe one day, I don't know, we need to do some more videos. I'd still like to go down there. I'd still like to go see the ins and outs of that school if it, if it could ever happen, you know? Oh, we can make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. We can. Yeah, make we it will happen. absolutely make it. We'll, we'll go down there with <laughs> you. I'll be there. In my, I'll find my UDTs and... God, yeah. Wait a couple more years so they're tighter than ever. I want to—that's what I want to see. You know, <laughs> skin tight UDTs on <laughs> I can guarantee you that they are right now. <laughs> you can't see waist down right now, but it's magnificent. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, this one's turning out exactly like I thought it would. Tons of laughs. I love it. But as as far as that, uh, you mentioned that you're doing some stuff right now with uh, folks that are transitioning out. Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, Veterans Bridge Home is a nonprofit in in the well, it's really they've taken over recently from Bragg, um, North Carolina. I mean, a huge chunk of the East Coast here, and. Um, I ran, I'm trying to think, the veteran, so because I work for Mecklenburg County here, um, we have a veterans, you know, like veterans advocacy group that helps go through disability paperwork and things like that. So um, I met them through that and Tommy Ryman, who's a fellow nurse guy, I met and just back and forth, helped them do one of their big fundraiser that happened a couple months ago. So anytime they call, I help out however I can because they're pretty local. And um, it's kind of the same mission. It's just trying to help people figure out what their next step is. And they have job fairs and, you know, counseling on where to go and link them up with the big, you know, there's a lot of banking here in Charlotte. So Wachovia Bank of America, they try and hook them up with jobs that may be relevant, you know, there. And that's tricky depending on what you did in the military. Like you carry a bang stick for 20 years, it's hard to roll into banking. You know what I mean? So it's tricky to find those places where you can fit, but there are niches. There are things you can do. I think with that too, it's, it can be tricky, but probably the biggest obstacle that somebody would have to overcome is just realizing that it's something that they can do. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's, you know, how I got into, you know, I went from being a bomb tech to working in financial services. Those are not too, you know, very from a hard skills kind of point of view. Those aren't two things that are typically, you know, compatible. Right. And it's the same with me. I mean, I'm, I was an infantry guy the whole time. You know, I don't know a lot of infantry guys that also have this creative side. I mean, I had it the whole time. It just got shelved because, you know, we're playing army. But um, everybody has those skills and you can find them. And it works on both sides. Not only the Joe needs to learn that he can do both, but the employers need to recognize that like, you're not bringing the whole concept of damaged goods post-military or post-combat, I don't like at all. I like more of a, 
um, you've got more experience and more abilities that I think even employers know. And, and, and dealing with employers is important and counseling them that they should try and get some of these guys that will help their business is part of what we're trying to do. Yeah, it's amazing the like folks like you that are super talented with what you're doing. And we got a friend of ours, like Jeff O'Connor that does O'Connor woodwork. I mean, that guy is like a, that's his outlet, man. I mean, he, he does, you'll see him fire stuff up on Facebook. It's like a 30 second little snippet of what he's doing in his woodworking shop. But I mean, he's, he's the man when it comes to that kind of stuff. I mean, and that's, I mean, I need to find something like that. That's my mental mindfulness for lack of a better term outlet that I can go to, especially mm -hmm. once I do my, my post-military figure out what I want to do when I grow up type thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's the trick. I think, and there's something, I mean, everybody has something they like to do, you know, just figuring out what that is. But the cool thing for me is like doing the little top and whether it's that or the sculptures or even just help them do videos and stuff. I like remaining as relevant as you can be with the military without being in the military. You know what I mean? I like, and it's cross branch. Like the longer I was in, I recognized when I was young, I'm like, you always talk smack about the other branches, but the longer you're in, you cross paths so much that that kind of goes away. And I like the, I like the cross branch differences you know, that you end up running into when you talk about 82nd First Sergeant. And, you know, I mean, I think I've made more Navy friends because of those animated videos than I had by far before that, you know, so. Well, I'll tell you what was funny, too, with some of the videos that you made of you making the videos. Did you, you put some of those out or was it some of the ones that you were doing live? Maybe you put on Facebook Live or or YouTube or whatever that was you creating a couple the characters. of characters. Yeah. 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 Now, th now that shit was funny and you would do it in the, in the, in the, in character yeah. sometimes. <laughs> and I would sit on there and just laugh my ass off. Listen to that stuff. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and publish this probably tonight, but I, um, there's a movie. Have you ever watched, um, mystery science theater? By oh, chance? Absolutely. Okay. So basically what I wanted to do was like a little top version of mystery science theater. And I found this movie called 84 Charlie Mopic, a Vietnam era alert movie. And um, I put it up and I haven't done an open and like, I'm not talking smack in the bottom, but I just found it. And so I posted it on YouTube. I just haven't made it public yet, but that's something I'd like to do is just, it'd be fun to have like little top and a Navy guy watch a Navy movie, you know, <laughs> and little top just be asking, you know, what the hell's a jib, you know, and just like trying to figure out all this Navy stuff. So we'll, we'll maybe one day we'll be able to pull some of that off. You should, oh, yeah. yeah, you could do, what, what was the guy's name that, uh, the guys that used to do their movie reviews, the, uh, Cisco and Ebert. Yeah. Like, Cisco and yeah. Ebert. You could do like, yeah, you could do that and then have like Top Gun, and then oh god, Tom got to be great, wouldn't it? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You, you could, and then Full Metal Jackets. You could do that. You could. I mean, there, there's better. there's there's a gold mine there. There's yeah. a gold mine. You can't really make any money because, like, as soon as I put it up, I get copyright hit. Bow. So yeah. you can't monetize it, but it's just funny. You know, it's just fun to watch. Oh yeah, it, it would be hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny i've got um i have a script and we just ha i just haven't animated it but it's a, a little top and um you know um you know kitten stacy out on west oh, coast yeah. yep, yeah. so i wanted to involve him in one so it was like we're in a briefing 
and it's me, Du Milligan, you know, the other EOD tent, and Kent and Stacy, who's asleep all the time, because his buddies is like, yeah, he always fell asleep in the vehicles when we were hanging out. So, <laughs> but anyway, but they end up going on this mission. They end up going through this whole briefing that's ridiculous and go on this mission and, um, and then come back. And I just, I haven't had time to cut the whole video. And I've had the script probably for a year and a half. You know, and I've, I've got to get that thing done just for, you know, for Lindsay and Kenton and all of them and just to get another little top out. I just got to go ahead and do it. That's funny. I remember when we go do jump trips, he would, you know, he fell asleep in the plane all the yeah. time. <laughs> That's what people told me because I was asking, like, well, tell me, you know, some amount of and <laughs> said he liked to sleep whenever possible. So he pretty much sleep. I think the only line he had was at the end because they snatched this guy. They, they, they fast rope out of this Chinook down, they snatch this dude, and then there's Chinook heading back. And it's like, it shows him, and it shows this dog they have who's growling at this dude with a bag on his head. And then it goes back to Kent, and he's like, good boy, and never even woke up. And that was pretty much the end of it. You know, I've just got to, I got to put it all together. That's nice. I look forward to that. So with all the stuff that you're doing, like the YouTube videos, is that ever like become an issue where you you find it's it's hard to to find or make time to do that it's not really well yeah it's always time because like those animated i mean those little cartoons are like three and a half minutes man they take a long time to put together or else i'd be churning them out you know um it's easy for me to go live but the difficult thing is the only time i can go live is like really early in the morning but then nobody's up. So that kind of defeats the whole purpose of going live, you know, except I've got a decent following in Australia, which is hilarious. But these veterans in Australia, when I'd chime in at five in the morning, these guys are like, what's up, mate? You know, like we're down here drinking. So that's pretty cool to be able to talk to, you know, some foreign service guys. But everybody else is asleep, especially West Coast. You know, I mean, it's it's one o'clock in the morning out, out in California. So I don't know. I wish I wish I could do more live at the right time frame, but with work, it's almost impossible. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> it's it's tough. Yeah, because I, I, you know, that's something that I've talked to people about um, when they're getting out of the military, and you know, they're like, "Well, you know, I figure I'll have more time after my transition." Because they, I mean, you know, Mike knows, like going through transition, you get very busy. And then they just say, well, you know, I have more time after the transition. I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but uh, it's not going to get any easier from where you're at right now. Yeah. Life kicks in real quick on that stuff, you know. So I've been on leave for a month now, and I just looked at my calendar, reviewing it this morning for the last month. And there was one day that I didn't have a a day full of stuff in there. One day. And it was on a Friday. And that was it. Through the entire first month I was on leave. Yep. So I've been busy. It's been really busy in transition. But are you gonna are you gonna stay up there or where are you gonna what's I think, home? Yeah, I think so. So far, I mean, my wife she teaches at Old Dominion University, so uh, so far we're gonna stay tied here in the Hampton Roads area. Uh, but I'm not, you know, if if there's something great somewhere else, I, I'll go where something. Something's great. <laughs> well, once once I get this undisclosed topic done, I'll be heading up there to Norfolk. Um, and we'll have to get together, have beer yeah. or something. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yes. Absolutely. So, we'll hopefully sooner to... than later. So I think that I think the whole event thing's supposed to be in November. So count on November sometime. If you need to come up before then too, 
Well, July 9th would be a good a good one because uh, that that could be my retirement date. Oh yeah, that would be the ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if nothing else, I'll cut a little top. You know, <laughs> I'm glad they never found out about the incident, Mike. You know, unless you finally read... <laughs> which one? We'll, we'll be out there burying the body out somewhere right, in the right. woods there. Yeah, just work. a silhouette. You know, people like. <laughs> I like it. That's funny. Nice. Well, Josh, hey, man, we appreciate you uh, spending the time to chat with us today. I <laughs> This has been, I, yeah, it hasn't disappointed. But um, I wanted to ask, is as far as any advice that you have for somebody who's getting out, because that's kind of the whole point of this is everybody learning from each other's wisdom and experience. Um, what do you got for somebody who's getting out? Um. I'd say take initiative because the military a lot of times paves your path in front of you. You know what I mean? And I think the people that separate themselves in the military tend to pave their own path. So no matter what happened, like you're going to have to initiate things on the outside. Like if you want a job, walk in there and talk to the people. Cause a lot of people don't do that. Like I've, I've walked in so many places and been kind of like, you know, what, what exactly do y'all do here? That's how I ended up getting into television is in college. I, f- I was taking a psych course and found a TV station and I walked in. I'm like, what, what, what are y'all doing? And the professor who was a huge mentor to me later, she's like, this is what it is. And like, she hooked me up with a post-production, you know, internship and all this and only because I initiated. So I'd say initiate, like move towards what you want to do. It'll all fall in line. I think that'd be the one thing I'd say. Yeah, build like that it. network. Yep, yep. absolutely. And I, yeah, I know there's tons of people out there who've done it and will tell you the same thing. It's just, you know, people get wrapped around the axle. You know, they get stuck on their inhibitions like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Somebody could say no. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, both of the jobs that I've had since I've been out have just been me like, oh, yeah, hey, uh, I want to come work with you. Um, right. I know it's that doesn't work for everybody, but um, you just you know. You but I, I would only wish that someone would take the time to come say, "What do you do? I'd like to do this," and ask, "What do what what do what do I need to do?" And I'll tell you, you know, if you really want to do what I do, I can I can lay out what you need to start doing right now. I mean, it's not a secret. I've never liked people that have skill sets and then guard their skill sets like somebody's going to take it. I've always been like, look, this is what I do and how I do it. If you want to put the hours in and take the time to do it, drive on, Rangers. So that's what I'd say. Just keep asking. And then, and then once you uh, get to where you're at, you can do, you know, do the uh, other stuff that you're passionate about and, yeah. and, and making some videos that, that make me crack ribs. Yeah. And, uh... Everybody eventually can have a little bald cartoon guy. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're all shooting for. <laughs> Well, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to more stuff. And uh, yeah, I know Mike and I were talking about we want to <laughs> we want to do our own where we want to get on a video with you sometime because oh, I, yeah. I I think they're awesome. And then I can rub that in all the other Navy UD guys' faces. Oh yeah, you don't always say like I'm, I always write people. I'm like, if you've got a buddy that you want to roast, just send me the info. Like I can knock out a thirty second. We're like. Hey Johnson, you know, 
<laughs> how, how do you fall asleep with the pussycat on a Saturday? You know, just anything like that, like just giving them a hard time. So just write me and, I, and I'll spin something up for them. Oh man. Challenge accepted. We're, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have to brainstorm on that one. We'll, we'll, just find, we'll find yeah. one person who deserves it. A lot. Yeah. And we also need to figure out one of those movies to watch. I want to do that mystery science theater thing for the million. It's got to be cross branch too. There has to be confusion between us about what's happening. Oh, yeah. oh yeah easy yeah yeah easy day i like yeah. it all right guys well thank Thanks. you hey Thanks, call Josh. me call me next time i'll come in as a little top I'm, i want to do that with y'all also all right we'll we'll do outstanding man. yeah we outstanding. appreciate appreciate you coming on the show so josh king aka first sergeant little top if you haven't uh seen him go check him out on youtube and uh where's it where else can people connect oh, with you he's on youtube he's got a facebook and instagram so, um, you know, he's all, all over those. Just feel free to write me too. I just like hearing from the Joes, you know, if you get it, shoot me an email and you can write me. It's, it's a first start a little top at Gmail. So just <laughs> let me know what's going on. All right. Thanks a lot, Josh. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Josh. Appreciate it. See you guys later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the get to vet podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and follow us on LinkedIn. If you'd like to come on the show, email us at Mike or Trevor at gettovet.net. That's get the number two vet.net and let us help you get to vet.